You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Hello, everybody. This is Brandon Bishop. And I think, I think for once, are you ready for this? I I truly believe that this is going to be a positive, somewhat, dare I say, happy, fun, uplifting, encouraging, just all around nice Brandon episode, if we've ever had one. Welcome to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. I am Brandon Bishop. And how long, how long, how long, everybody, have I been talking about doing the van life thing? Getting a van, whether it's a cargo van or an RV even, or even a minivan. How long have I been talking about getting the van, decking it out so I can have a little studio in the back, a little house in the back, I can sleep, I don't have to go to airports, I don't have to park my car at the airports, I don't have to deal with people in the airplanes, I don't have to get hotels, I don't have to rent cars in all these cities that we go to. How long have I been talking about this? How long have I been obsessed with this? Well, guess what, my friends? Guess what, my dear, awesome friends? I got a van. I did. I don't even know how it happened. I was just, I, I was window shopping and I went out to, uh, I'm going to give a plug right here to McCloskey Motors here in uh, Colorado Springs. They, first of all, my credit has goes up and it goes down. It goes up. It, it's like, my credit is like Cedar Point. It's just full of roller coasters. I don't know why I can't. I, I had it in the 700s. The next thing you know, it's in the like near 400s. And now it's back to like the mid 600s. I'm like, what is going on with my credit? Stop it. I can't understand it. I can't control it. It is out of my, it's out of my jurisdiction. I hate it. <coughs> I forgot to bring my water and coffee over here. Oh man, I may have to go get that. But I'm not going to stop it. You'll just have to hear me go. It'll be like five seconds. You'll be okay. You won't miss me too much. I may miss you because I'm just in a, an emotional state. Oh, so much going on, man. Like seriously, so much going on since the uh, last time that we talked. Um, but mainly, like I said, I got the van. I got a 2018 Dodge Caravan from McCloskey Motors. Like I said, I went in there very pessimistically just to window shop. Hey, I'd like to look at this, get a few measurements, see if I can do this thing. And sure enough, like that day, I got a van and reserved it. Two days later, I picked it up after they detailed it and I got all my paperwork in order. And it's sitting in my parking space right now, man. It's like just sitting out there. The only problem I have with it is it has this big, ugly roof ladder rack, like a hydraulic thing where you can like turn this crank and the ladder like comes down and you can grab the ladders. I have no ladders. I don't need that. Um, They said, it's yours. Sell it if you want to. I'm like, okay. At this point, I think I would have rather have just said, um, yeah, just go ahead and keep that and just fix the holes in my roof because I mean, the thought of selling it for like 500 bucks is great. But it's not, not everyone's like banging my door down to get a freaking hydraulic ladder rack. Um, I haven't put that much time into it because I haven't had that much time, but 
it's just a, it's an eyesore and it's kind of ugly. But I can find my van anywhere in any parking lot, no matter how busy the parking lot is. You just look for that ugly rack, and there it is. But damn it, I got the van. I got a van, and I've already started building it out. Obviously, I mean, it's something that I've been studying, like just watching Matt's RV reviews and watching Van City Van Life on YouTube, and just all these different van, van, van. Trent and Alley back in the day used to travel in a van. Kara and Nate, they travel in a van, and. I'm just watching all of these like grand caravan build outs and I'm blown away by some of the artistry and the uh, engineering skills of people that build out these vans. I'm not going to go that far. I don't want to drill holes into the integrity of the van. I just want, you know, a little cot back there, which I've just, we just, I have a cot in there now. I went out to a camping world and I found this cot and it's, and it's okay, but it's a little flimsy and it's just big and cumbersome and it's hard to set up and i'm like oh it'll work but i'm just so then i find this other one that's like way smaller and i'm a big dude so i I need you know some space but it'll work you know my arm may dangle off or whatever who cares um and we've just been buying and i say we because it's been me and my mom uh she's into this thing and she'll probably hardly ever get into this van but uh, she likes making me happy and I'm enjoying doing this with her to be honest with you. We, we, we bought a fridge last night, one of those little portable cooler things for like 200 bucks. And it's just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm hoping it works. You know, I'm hoping it shows up in one piece and all that. It's just a refrigerator that you plug into your car and it's a 12 volt deal and it's, you know, makes your food cold. And I need that cause I'm going to be gone for weeks at a time, uh, coming up quick to be honest with you. So it's, um, you know, I got a bed back there. I got um, I got a five gallon water jug. I found this little electric pump that charges up, and you just hit the top, and and it just sucks it out of your five gallon five gallon. I had a ton of these five gallon water jugs because I have a water tower here in my living room, or not my living room, my kitchen. So I mean, I'm, I'm talking really fast right now because I'm just so excited about this, man. It's 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 literally what I've been dreaming of doing. It's been a goal for a very long time. And now it's sitting outside, just like sitting there. And I, I got to figure out how to do like my podcast in there, this podcast. I got to figure out how to get a computer in there that I can edit with so I can edit on the road. That, that is the ultimate goal is to film all day wherever I'm at in whatever corner of the country and, and, above, and beyond, wherever the van can go, to film all day and then at night get into the van and edit put it together, have the damn show done and uploaded onto a side TV by the time I even get back home. That is just a brilliant use of my time and it just expedites everything. And it's so just, it, it's perfect. I have to have this. And eventually like I, the, the goal is I'd like to get a big ass cargo van, you know, a high roof Ford transit 350 type of thing. And then deck that into a a legitimate studio, not something where I'm crammed into the back of a minivan. Um, But this is step one. And then step two would be the cargo van. And then step three, if the cargo van gets a little, you know, claustrophobic, then I move into an RV. And then we, and and I've always said that once my kid, uh, Brandon, little Brandon, when he's, he's 14 now, he's got four more years till he's 18. And he seems like the smart enough type of kid and the independent style kid that when he's 18, he's going to do his thing, you know? Um, and it's always been my goal to just get an RV and live in that son of a bitch 
uh, when I'm in my 50s, which is, you know, I'll be 52 when he's 18. I'll be 54 when he's 20. So, man, I, I just, I can't, I honestly cannot believe it. It feels like it can all just be yanked out from under. You, you know how that, if, do you know how that feeling is? I mean, put a comment down there or whatever you're doing, uh, however you're listening to this. Go to the Brandon Bishop Podcast Facebook page or just find me. It's, you know how that feels, you know, when it's like something's going so well and I've had all this amazing karma lately and I don't know why. Um, things are just popping up out of nowhere and it's wonderful and I'm very grateful and I'm very, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, there's been times in, even while film or filming, I'm in that habit of saying filming, recording this uh, podcast where I've just been miserable, just a miserable prick. And I admit it because I work, and here's the thing, we all work so hard and we all expect our hard work to pay off, but there's, you know, and it has, it's just, damn, dude, what do I have to do to get to like 10,000, 25,000, 50, 100,000 subscribers? Yeah, I'm talking to you, by the way. What do I have to do to get you to subscribe to this awesome television network that we've all built together? It's a five bucks a month. It's 17 cents a day. And yes, I'm dropping a plug right on your ass right now. You can get it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, and at asytv.com, ASYTV.com. Hundreds of hours of all original stuff that we film ourselves all over the country. All these stories that we're telling, all these popular pro wrestlers. We got Stephen Piercy from Rat. His whole life story is on there. Not his whole life story, but a great chunk of it. What do I have to do, people? What do I have to do to get you to subscribe? You spend 5 to 6 to $10 at Starbucks every single morning, every single morning, 30 to 31 days, a, or 28 to 31 days a, a month, and I'm asking for 17 cents a day. That's it, man. Get a side TV. You'll like it. I promise you, you'll like it. Even if you don't like it, if you're listening to this podcast, support the host of this podcast. I'm Brandon Bishop. This is the Brandon Bishop Podcast. And I own a side TV and I need your support. Okay. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you got Disney Plus, you got Paramount Plus, you got the Peacock, you got, you know, all of these, Amazon Prime and just ever all of this stuff. HBO Max, you've got all these streaming, don't you? You got every one of them. I know I do. Just add, yeah, exactly, Marcy Cat. Marcy just had a birthday a couple days ago, so she's still telling everybody about it. Um subscribe to a side TV. That'll help us out. Like seriously. One by one, <laughs> like they add up. I need another. Honestly, my goal right now is for another five thousand, and uh, we could do a lot of good with that as well. We can help out families in need, like we used to with our events, which we have not been able to do in a long time. So uh, there's still families in need. They didn't go away just because we can't afford to help them. But you know, if we don't pay the bills, then we have nothing. Anyways, we're going to talk about. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk about communication and some of the problems I've been having. And I'm going to give you a little lesson about communication. And a little bit later after that, in honor of not having to go to airports as much, I'm going to talk about the top 10 things that make you an asshole at the airport or in the airplane. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, man, I'm just... <laughs> There's there's a big van out there, and I have so many plans for this van. I'm gonna put some graphics on the windows, so we're basically a driving billboard around the country. Oh, a side TV? What is that? That's a you know follow that QR code or whatever it is, and then people can get a side TV. Just you know, don't do that while you're driving. Maybe your passenger can do that, but or at least you can look it up or remember it later. 
Um, man, um, but does that make me a target? Like maybe a side TV? I don't really piss too many people off. I don't think, do I? I don't know. Maybe I do. Um, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I was actually like this close to, uh, I'm making in like an inch sign with my hand. I'm this, this close to buying a bumper sticker that says, slow down, stupid, you're not important. It was only like $5. It's like a 10-inch bumper sticker, you know? I'm so close to still doing it. It's like every, every day. And I don't want to go into negativity. I promised a happy, fun, positive podcast this episode, and I plan on delivering that for the most part. But let me slip off the rails a little bit. Um, every day. Like when you're on the freeway. Listen, people. Let me tell you something. Okay? My fine speeding friends. Let me, let me tell you something. The fast lane. If the speed limit is 75, the fast lane. You're supposed to do 75 when the rest of the lanes are not doing 75. Are you listening? The fast lane doesn't mean you get to go as fast as you want to. We all go five to 10 over. Every single one of us do it. And for the most part, you know, highway patrol, whatever, they accept that. They're not going to pull you over for five over. No, they'll never do that unless they're just very lonely or they're complete assholes. It's very rare. 10 over, sometimes they'll get you, but it's very rare as well. Listen, if I'm doing 85 in the fast lane of a 75 mile an hour freeway. Okay, now listen, I'm not going to yell. I should, but I'm not going to. But I want you to listen to me and I want you to pass this around. If me or even you, if, if, some, if somebody is doing 85 in the fast lane and we're actively passing traffic and you're riding my ass and flashing your lights and losing your half a mind that you have, you are stupid. You are an asshole. You are just the problem with society. Don't argue with me. You are wrong. I know nobody can admit to being wrong these days. I'm not wrong. This is what I like, and this best suits me and and me. No, you are an idiot. You are an asshole. You are a piece of trash. You are garbage. I'm sure outside of your car, you're a wonderful person. But... If I'm doing, I'm going to repeat it. If I'm doing even 80 to 85 in a 75 and actively passing traffic and you're riding my ass and losing your mind because you want to do 100 in a 75, you're not the victim here. You don't have a right to be upset. You don't have any jurisdiction to be like holier than whoever thou is. You're an asshole. You're a loser. Knock it off. Now, if I'm driving 75 in a 75 in the fast lane and I'm not passing anybody, then yeah, I'm kind of an asshole. But at the same time, why would you need to pass me if you're doing a speed limit? You know, this is just what I'm saying. It's called a speed limit, okay? The fast lane doesn't mean you get to go as fast as you want. It does not mean that. So stop it. And I'm getting ready to drive all over this country nonstop. So I have to get my mental state 
intact. I have to stop getting angry at these people. I have to rest my middle fingers. I actually, I don't even flip people off. I just do a little slow golf clap for them when they pass me. Like, hey, good job. Good job, you piece of shit. Good job. You did so good. Look at you. Look at you in your big fast car. Oh, God, you just did so good. I'm so proud. Oh, wait. Did I just meet you at the same red light? Even though you were doing the hundred in a in a seventy five, and we both just met traffic like a mile down the road. Oh, and I'm now I'm in front of you, and I drove the speed limit the whole time. Oh, he's a good girl. He's a good boy. He's a good boo 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 boo. Yeah, you're an idiot. So stop that shit. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I'm hitting the road. Like my first trip, I believe, is going to be down to Florida. I'm trying to schedule something with Chelsea Green, but all of a sudden, uh, we're going to do this show about beaches and everything. But all of a sudden, she's the most popular woman on earth, uh, at least in the wrestling world. So great for her. I adore Chelsea Green. I consider her a friend. But damn it, we got to get on a beach and get some cameras rolling because that show sounds like a major blast. I think it'll be great for the network. It'll be good for her career. Another uh, avenue of, uh, you know, if we can find sponsors and stuff, another income avenue for her and just, you know, another part of her brand. You know, that's what I do. I tell stories and I add parts to uh, I add stuff to existing celebrities like Heath. I get to tell his whole story from injury to recovery a whole year. And we got a new episode of that already filmed. Just waiting on Heath, of course. Um, but, Ooh, excuse me. Uh, it's, 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 it, I, I'm just looking forward to getting on the road. I'm, I, I, I'm st- staggering on my words right now because I'm just excited and I can't really put into words how excited I am. Oh, anyways, we're going to try to get Chelsea Green. We're definitely going to get with Eva Lise, another popular pro wrestler. She's amazing. We're trying to get two episodes with her done. We got alligators and manatees and dolphins waiting for her. Um, and then we're going to, I got a couple other friends down there. Uh, Ayana Cruz is, uh, I think she's 14 or 15 now. We used to do a show called Too Sweet. And, um, I think she wants to do it again. I definitely would love to work with her because she's awesome. And I think that uh, we might be doing that again. So it's, it's, and then I got another cooking show that I might be doing in Jacksonville. So I'm going to go spend a week in Florida and uh, maybe I'll drive up to South Carolina, see Heath, get some more stuff done with him. But that's all coming up real quick. And I just, uh, I got, I got an, I bought this cot at Camping World. I'm, I think I'm going to return it. Like I said, it's big, cumbersome. I never finished that story. I like to go everywhere, just here, there, but, 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 but we found another bed that we ordered. It was like 160 some odd dollars or $140 or something like that. Anyways, that's going to be here in a few days. The refrigerator is going to be here in a few days. I've got uh, shades like window blackout covers that are for all the cars custom made for a grand caravan. Those are coming in a couple days. I think I have rain shields that go over the windows that you stick onto the vehicle. Those are coming in either today or tomorrow. So once all that stuff comes in, I'm scheduling a trip and I'm driving all the way from Colorado down to Tampa, Orlando, and uh, Jacksonville. I'm going to spend some time there. And I don't want to be in a hurry. I just, I'll take a couple days off. And the only thing I'm worried about is, you know, my kid, his mom is great. Whenever I leave town, she's got it covered. If she ever needs me to, whatever. We have a great symbiotic working relationship. We were meant to be his parents. I adore her. I adore her husband. I 
I couldn't be happier with this situation. I don't have to hire a babysitter. I don't have to take him with me. I don't need because he hates traveling, but it's, it's a good relationship. I'm very grateful for that. And I'd like to put that out there. Um, but, uh, my cat, (laughs) she has the worst, I could go to the store and back for 20 minutes and she'll come back and meow her head off for an hour because she's got the worst separation anxiety from me that I've ever imagined any animal would have, uh, less than a dog. She is basically a dog. She begs for food. She, uh, yeah, she's a dog. She meows constantly. She doesn't shut up, but I love her to death so much. She's 16 years old now. She just turned 16 on November 3rd. Happy birthday, Marcy J. Cat. Ah, but um, it's, it's just, it's hard to leave her because, I mean, I have a little cat camera that talks and it has a little laser pointer on it so we can, you know, I can look at her and play with her and stuff, but that's not enough. She needs more. Uh, Leah from Sparkle Nation. She comes over like once or twice, you know, and whenever she can, she has a life, you know, she's not a cat sitter, but on this trip and on these long trips, I'd really like it. And if there's anybody in Colorado Springs listening to this, I would really like to find like somebody with a, with a house, preferably no dogs or anything, just, you know, someone that can, I can drop her off and be like, here, here's some cat litter, here's some food, here's some, you know, her stuff, uh, can you just watch her for a week and I'll pay you a hundred bucks or something? Like I, I don't want to drop her off in a kennel because that'll traumatize the crap out of her. I'd rather just keep her here. Um, but she drinks a lot of water. Like I'll put out like a gallon of water for her. Like in four days I'll come back and it's gone. So if somebody can't make it that day, I mean, my maintenance guy, Mark, he's cool as hell. He, he comes over and takes care of her too. When, when I need him to, um, and he's also been helping me out with this van build. So, uh, love me some Mark the only cool person that lives in this apartment complex. And yes, I do live in an apartment because I travel so much. I uh, had a house and I tell you what, I had a bunch of empty rooms, a completely empty basement. And it was just a waste of money. And yes, Marcy, you remember the house <coughs> and there was a sneeze. Are you, are you going to talk through this whole thing? Are you? I just told everybody how you never shut the hell up and now you're proving it. Yeah. Why don't you go lay down somewhere so I can finish, you know, my little job here? Why don't you go bring me my coffee? Make yourself useful. Get a job. Do something. Lighten the burden. And she's drinking water. Okay. Anyways, um, after Florida, I've got plans in January. Actually, late December, i got to go back to Vegas. Uh, But it'll be cooler this time. Um, not that it wasn't cool last time, uh, thanks to the Sinologia people. They're amazing for uh, letting me borrow a car and their son let me stay at his house. Like, this, this is craziness. Like, that's really awesome things that awesome people do. And there's not a lot of those out there. So I really appreciate them. If you go to Vegas, go to Sinologia, C-I-N-E-L-O-G-G-I-A. And it's a movie prop museum. I mention it just about every time because I owe them that much. Actually, I got a commercial I got to put together for them. Um, yeah, I might have to do that today. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, they were awesome people. They made the Las Vegas trip a whole lot more inexpensive for me, and it's just uh, a whole lot better. So I really appreciate them. But now I get to do something I've always wanted to do, and I think I'll. And I know December will be a little cold, and that's fine. I have a heater. I have everything I need, blankets, whatever. But I'm going to uh, basically park on the edge of the Grand Canyon. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be a rail there. Don't worry about me. But um, 
I'm just going to park there and that's where I'm going to sleep at night. And, uh, I, I just always wanted to wake up and do that and just look at this vast hole in the earth and this vast desert area and get my stuff done with Ricky. We're going to do a Christmas episode in Vegas. So plus Stephen Piercy lives there now and maybe we can get on the right page. And, uh, he gave me the wrong dates last time. And yeah, um, I can't just, I'm not a millionaire where I can just, Oh, I'll just change my flight. You know, no, I couldn't, couldn't do it, man. Sorry. Uh, but we're going to get some stuff done in, in Vegas in, the, in late December or mid-December. Then i got to go to New York City to finally get some more stuff done with Eddie Finocchiaro and New York Ham. I love that show so much. I had so much fun with Eddie uh, two years ago uh, when we filmed the first three episodes. And I'd, I'd really like to stay out there and get like at least three or four more episodes done and then head up there all the time. Might stop and say hi to the mom on the way back. I might, I just want to get on the road, man. I do. And I think I got to be in Baltimore at the end of December as well, or the mid-December as well, for um, Ring of Honor's last pay-per-view for a while. So I'll be filming a documentary about that. And it just, I don't know if I'm going to drive for that one because usually they buy me a flight and hotel. So why would I turn that down? Um so that might be the you know the only flight left this year if I take it, if that happens. But yeah, I'm going to be all over the place, man. We have shows in Phoenix that I want to do. We have shows in Seattle that I, or in Washington State that I want to do. We have shows all over California, all over New York, all over Vegas. Now we got uh, Florida, everywhere in Florida, uh, and I want to add to this too. I want to add shows in Detroit. I want to add a Texas show. I want to add things that are out of my element. I want to go overseas. I plan on being in Alaska at the end of next year, actually, to film Go There, Eat That up there, film in a fishing vessel and film at a little village, you know, with the natives and everything. I, I, it's, it's a goal of mine. And maybe by now you realize that if I have a goal, I'll be, there's nothing that's going to stop me. And I'm not putting myself over here, not patting myself on the ass. I'm just saying, if I have a goal, I've proven that I will make it happen. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I wanted to run a pro wrestling organization. Guess what? I did it for 13 years. I wanted to sing in a band. Guess what? I did that for decades. There's all this stuff, man. I wanted to run a nightclub. Did it. I uh, wanted to launch a television network and host a, a food travel show. Did it. Did it. Did it. And if I want to film an episode of that show, go there, eat that in Alaska. Guess what? It, that is going to happen. So anyway, um, I'm trying to think of what else I need to do before I die. There's a... That's a whole other episode right there, just the bucket list. I think that's next week's episode. We're going to do the bucket list. I think that'll be fun. We all have them. Maybe I can get some um, ideas about your bucket lists and uh, what the, just the things that you want to do before you die. Then I'll critique them. Does that sound like fun? <laughs> I want to climb Kilimanjaro. Like, okay, don't die. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Like, oh, people die on that mountain. There's like frozen, or Mount Fuji. There's like frozen bodies all over that mountain and trash everywhere, and it's gross, and it's not going to be it. Yeah, if you, get to, if you get to the top in one piece, you'll get a beautiful view, and you'll be able to share it on your Facebook page if you make it back down. People die there. So I don't know why I'm going off on that. Nobody said that, so. What else is going on today? I filmed a uh, 14 part, and each episode is like 20, 30 minutes. I know, right? Filmed it with my phone. 
a little YouTube series called The Brandon Bishop Project. I started off that project at nearly 270 pounds of pure fat and disgusting mess. And my goal was to lose 25 pounds in 18 days. And I made it literally to the ounce. I started off at 269.8 and I got down to 244.8. And I did that in 18 days. It was supposed to be 14 days, but I was in Vegas and then I wanted to actually end on my, the day after my birthday, my 48th birthday. So I did it. I'm really proud of it. It's all on YouTube right now. Actually, the first eight episodes are on YouTube. I'll probably just end up loading up all the other ones now. Why not? Just knock it out. Um, and you can watch the whole saga and watch me uh, try to work out and eat right and fail and succeed and then fail again and then succeed. Uh, Heath is on it, uh, like Deanna Perrazzo, Chelsea Green. They're all on this, like the upcoming Vegas episodes. And um, my son's on there. The Bishop's Castle is on there. Meow Wolf is on there. We do so much stuff. We go to the top of Pikes Peak in there, drive up there with my friend Dan. There's this... Uh, a ton of stuff that's not just like me doing push-ups and eating celery. It's a lot of adventures and a lot of walking and uh, just absolute, had a, had a good time putting it together. And by doing that, I didn't really want to stop once I hit the goal. And by the way, I've, I've put on like four pounds since I've did it. I, I just can't drink celery juice and these little smoothies every day. I had to fall off the wagon a little bit. And I did um, to include this morning when I had a crunch wrap sausage crunch wrap from Taco Bell because I was literally shaking hungry. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm addicted to food. That's another episode. Maybe in two weeks, like next week we'll do the bucket list. And then a week after that, we'll do a being a food addiction because it's a very real thing. And you'll, if you watch this, you'll, you'll understand, uh, you'll see it firsthand. Uh, but I didn't want to stop filming. I actually had a good time documenting all this stuff just with my phone. I didn't want to take out the big cannons, you know, the big cameras and all that stuff and just, you know, how are you going to film? I got to set up a tripod everywhere I go. No, phones are amazing now. They're literally, if you're mad at your phone for anything because it does a little eh or something like that, then you're, you're crazy. Like it's a miracle technology. You're talking to a, a product of the seventies. Me, I was born in 73. I grew up in the eighties and nineties. This like, that is insane. Like a cell phone, like this iPhone 13 that I'm holding right now is just absolutely it's, it's crazy. It's how, how is this a thing? And my mom's texting me right now. Hang on. I'm a, sorry. The mom comes before you. Don't be mad. Unless you are my mom listening to me, then you don't come before you. You are you. So that's confusing. I'm doing a podcast. I'll call you back. Anyway, um, I had fun aiming the camera at me. I bought this little selfie stick tripod looking thing. I don't know what it is. And I have that, um, I have little stations all over my van and all over my apartment that I can put a phone in and just talk. I'm trying to teach people with the first thing I was trying to teach people, just anybody can lose weight if they really put their mind and efforts and willpower towards it. Uh, it wasn't easy. Okay. I suffered a lot. Uh, just like coming down from heroin from what I've seen, like in movies and stuff, it was like, I gotta get some fucking goddamn nachos. Um, it was bad. But I got to the goal, and like I said, I'm trying not to get it all put back on because I'm just a insatiable asshole when it comes to eating shit food. But, um, but I had fun pointing it at me. So I, I started another show called The Asai TV Life, and we've got two episodes out right now. Actually, the second episode is 
25 minutes ago has been released. And and I get it. You know, we have about 3,500 subscribers on YouTube. And I know people get confused, like, well, I subscribed on YouTube. I can't watch the Stephen Piercy documentary. It's not, no, listen, it's not that. It's, it's, a Sci TV is like a Netflix or a Hulu, okay? It's a streaming television network that you subscribe to for five bucks a month. It's on Roku, Amazon Fire, blah, 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 Apple TV, SciTV.com. That is like Netflix or Hulu. We have like a doormat, which is like where you ring the bell and you can check out some of the stuff that we do. The Asai TV Life YouTube show, and that's on YouTube, the YouTube show on the Asai TV YouTube channel, it's this is just all the behind the scenes stuff. Like I even filmed myself for a couple minutes recording this podcast because it's part of a side TV. It's all the stuff that we do. It's all the behind the scenes stuff. When I'm traveling in the van, we're going to, we're going to, you're coming with me. If you watch these episodes on YouTube, it's called the aside TV life. We got the first one done, which is all about buying the van. And we got the second one now where we filmed at hell scream last night. Um, actually two nights ago. And you know, it's building the van as well. And so far on the third episode, it's just uh, a lot of little stuff. So I'm trying to release one every five days. Uh, I might just pick a day a week and have one episode a week. And, uh, you know, because I film stuff every day and it's just, I don't want to put out a four-hour episode of anything. So, you know, whenever they're done, I'll put one out and... Go there, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Asai TV, ASY TV. I shouldn't have to tell you that by now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free. Hit the notification bell, and then we will tell you whenever YouTube, uh, YouTube will tell you whenever I put another video out. And like the video if you like the video. Blah blah blah. I, I, you know what? I I hate society's addiction to likes and you know hearts and blah blah blah. I, I it's bad. But as a business person who, um, my YouTube page is monetized. You know, we make money off of our YouTube page. So that's why I do it, okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to keep a roof over my head. I'm trying to, you know, we got a Comic-Con coming up, the Super Ultra Megacon here in Colorado Springs on June 18th and 19th next year. And, you know, all of these things, they're all under the Asai TV umbrella, the network, the YouTube page, this podcast. I mean, there's this so much underneath this giant umbrella that, um, you know, I have to excuse myself. And I say, hey, like the channel, subscribe to the channel, but, but, but please do it. You know, it, it helps us out. And uh, I really think there's a lot of stuff on there that you'd really find interesting. A lot of it's just my face. But if you're listening to something called the Brandon Bishop podcast, then maybe perchance my face is something you want to see. Speaking of a side TV, uh, we're going to be launching the upgrade the 2.0 upgrade with live streams and um man <laughs> this the screenshots that i've seen of what's asai tv my baby's gonna look like here probably around springtime is just crazy we'll be able to do these kind of live streams do live podcasts and on remote uh on location type stuff and uh we'll, we'll be able to have pay-per-view so like first run movies you'll pay like two extra bucks or something and get like the latest movie that we get or live concert or not live concerts maybe live concerts but concerts and things like that and you'll be able to there's so many new features and there'll be so many new shows and just it's going to be streamlined in every possible way the the website will be connected to the uh, actual channels on the streaming channels it's just everything that we've ever wanted in a network i'm hoping will be 
and I, I'm very excited about that. Thanks to Michael Moore, not the you know conspiracy director guy who I really like too, but our Mike Moore, who's our developer for slowly, very slowly putting these things together. Springtime is what I've been told, so I guess we'll see. Uh, in the wrestling world, you know what? I think after we do the bucket list, and then we'll do the other thing I was talking about, which I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> I did. I completely spaced on that. You know what I've said before. We'll do the bucket list. We'll do the other thing. Then we, we, I might do a wrestling episode. I used to have the Nine Mile Drive wrestling podcast, but I just don't have time to do a wrestling podcast. It'd probably be way more popular than this one, but this is my outlet. This is my therapy, like I say every time. Um, I think we'll do a wrestling episode because there's so much going on in wrestling, and I was a pro wrestler for 20 years, a promoter for most of that, and now I'm doing all these shows with all these popular pro wrestlers, so I know everything. Um, <laughs> we get some interviews lined up and stuff. Yeah, we might do that down the road as well. But Ring of Honor, man, who I mentioned earlier, uh, they're closing for a little while or just taking a hiatus. They said they're reimagining the brand of Ring of Honor, and it's uh, a real bummer because they let everybody go, most of the people go from their contracts. And these are people that I got to know really well, not just Mike and Maria who brought me out there, uh, mainly Maria. Um, we do the Bennett's TV show with them, and I just I love them to death. They're, they're like, I don't know if I'm like family to them, but I, you know, I consider them like family because I don't have a big family, and I love their kids and everything. But anyway, it just sucks that you know all these people are under contract. That's their job, and they all just lost their job pretty much, and they're still getting paid for a while, and... Uh, you know, they got time to make things happen. They can go wrestle other places, but not everybody. There's not that much room in the wrestling world. Yes, there's places to go now, but there's still limited spots. And I, I just hate that uh, I got to know these people. I got to know the Briscoes. I got to know, you know, Dylan and uh, Ian and, and Scott and everybody back in the office and Zane in the production. And I'm going to miss a million names, but I've got to meet... You know, not not to, not to mention just the wrestlers. Uh, like I said, the Briscoes, and uh, uh, you know, I got to reconnect with uh, Tyler Bateman. He's uh, shit, man. We've known each other for twenty years in the wrestling world. Uh, Sam Udell started with uh, you know ACW. Uh, he fell in love with wrestling when uh, he was watching an ACW show, which was my promotion back in two thousand seven or eight. And now he's uh, Dak Draper, and he's <laughs> doing amazing, man. And I got to just meet these people and know these people. You know, Chelsea's up there, and um, there's so many. I, I'm literally Jay Lethal. I just we all. I just know them all now, and I, and I, I adore these people. And that place treated me just an outsider guy. You know, um, and granted, I got a wrestling background, but none of them know that. I don't go. I, I try not to go around throwing it around, and I do if I think it's necessary like hey I, I get it i was a pro wrestler for 20 years i probably know the game better than you do but i just um i hate that they're all you know losing their contracts i got a squeaky chair hear that it's not me farting i promise but i hate that they're losing their contracts and i'm hoping that ring of honor comes back in the april spring time frame bigger better than ever i hope they hire everybody back and i hope they get back to their uh, their glory days were a long time ago and we all know that and they know that but here's the thing they're better now than ever their roster is so good like so good and they've treated me 
like I'm part of the family. I, I don't know why they didn't have to. Everyone, except for one guy, and I always forget his name, but Mike Benny knows who I'm talking about. Uh, that guy sucks. But everybody else is just unbelievably good. Like down from the, the masseuse to you know the, the production people to the management to everyone that stepped foot in the ring, everybody I put a camera in front of their face, everybody just treated me so good. So I wanted to say thank you to Ring of Honor. I hope that I get to be the one to film the uh, documentary of the last pay-per-view. Hopefully it won't be the last pay-per-view ever, but you know the last possibly it is. Who, who knows what's going on? I don't. Uh, everybody I've been trying to talk to has not gotten back with me, and I'm going to talk about that for a second. Um, yeah, so you know, best to Ring of Honor and best to everyone who worked there and still works there because um, – that, it's just a shitty situation all around. I mean, WWE's firing people left and right. Big names, you know, like people they could have based their company around. They're firing people. Now Ring of Honor had to let everybody go, and it's just, damn, dude, we were so close. Like, I know COVID has a lot to do with it, but we were so close to just having this amazing wrestling world with, you know, WWE, AEW, uh, Impact, and Ring of Honor, and New Japan, and the NWA, and just all of these <laughs> places to go for all these wrestlers and there's so many wrestlers now it's just a real bummer and i'm uh really uh i'm pretty upset because i was hoping to have a long relationship business relationship with uh, ring of honor and si tv and i don't know if that's going to happen because i don't know if ring of honor is going to be around so i'm hoping got everything crossed my fingers my toes my eyes my balls everything's everything's crossed and i um, wishing everybody the best of luck except for that one guy he can go. <laughs> Mike says he's nice, but he's never nice to me. He's just, there's always one, you know, there's always one dick in the bush. Anyway, um, communication. That's the main topic today. And then we're going to get into the top 10 airport asshole behavior things. And then I actually got a bunch of leftover questions. Uh, I didn't ask for any questions this week. So I got six or seven questions and we'll try to get to that. And then I will let you go. I hate it when people say, I will let you go. Um, I just said that. What did I just say that? Oh, I said that on the uh, Asai TV life thing. I, I will let you go. No. And then I will go. And then we can part and you can live your life and I can live mine. I do have stuff to do today besides the podcast. Not much though. It's really weird. I'd have a lot more to do if people would answer your phones. Here's the thing, everybody, I want everybody that has a show on a side TV, everyone that works with a side TV, I want you to understand something, okay? And I'm not being cocky, I'm not being elitist, I'm, I'm really not even being a jerk by saying this, I'm just being completely honest with you. This is a business and that's what I do. I try, try to be completely transparent with you. Everybody, listen to me here. You are all desperately wanted on a side TV. None of you are desperately needed from our biggest drawing show to the show that nobody watches anymore that I just leave on because why not? Every single one of you is desperately wanted. I will dare say that I love you. I do. I have so much fun with you. I consider you a friend. Obviously I wouldn't be telling your story and letting you take up real estate on a side TV. If I didn't, but none of you are needed. And this is why I'm saying this, because to the common person out there, and I mean that endearingly, the common person, the, 
person that wakes up, they go to Chrysler and they work for 10 hours and then they come home, they kiss the kids, they kiss the wife, they have sex with the wife for four minutes, fall asleep, wake up, make some coffee, go back to Chrysler, you know, talk about plans for the weekend over breakfast. Hey, maybe we should take the boat down to the, you know, down to the river. And that's your life. To the common person, they can't fathom the idea of doing what we do. And I'm talking to the people that are on a side TV. They can't fathom that idea. They can't fathom the idea of having a camera follow them around and do awesome stuff basically for free. It's not free on my end because I pay for all my own travel and it all comes out of our pocket. So, um, but they can't, they can't fathom that. It doesn't even like register. How would I even do that? They're not capable of it. And that's fine because people like me, I'm not capable of, of keeping the world going around and keeping the machine going. I am very not capable of having a nine to five job where I got to punch in and someone's going to tell me you got to be here at 7 a.m. I can't do that. I, I physically can't do it. Now, if I had to do it and my kid was starving and you know I had living on the streets, guess what? I'll pick up a freaking apron and work at McDonald's. I don't give a shit what I have to do. Of course, we would all do it. Most of us would do that. Um, I like to think I'm you know, intelligent enough to find another way and never let, let myself get to that point. But anyway, that's beside the fact. Listen, I do all of this stuff on my own dime. Okay, now I want to take one instance. I'm not going to say names because I don't feel like it. I'm not sitting here trying to cause drama. I'm not, I don't do that. Don't need to. If you're expecting to get paid as a host for, with a side TV, do some work. I don't have Netflix money. I don't have Hulu money. I don't have NBC, Comcast money, any of that stuff. Everything comes out of my own pocket. Everything comes out of your subscriptions. That pays for everything. So if you want to get rich, get off your big ass and go find some sponsors. And you keep, I always tell all of my hosts, if you can find sponsors, which, I mean, God, I got some big names on this network. Find the sponsors and you keep that money. That's an A and B situation. I will see my way out of it but I will take their, their promotional stuff. I will put it into your, your episodes or I'll do a pre-roll with it or something. I'll give them their own channel just for sponsoring your show, okay? I've had this conversation with everybody. We once tried doing codes where it's like, you know, if you want to watch Go There, Eat That and you subscribe for that, you just put Go There, Eat That as a code and then that person gets $2 off the subscription every month. The most codes I got for any show was 36 freaking codes. Okay? <laughs> that doesn't pay the bills, man. It doesn't pay the bills. You have to have at least 100 of those things, of, those, of people using your code to get paid. And that's a really, honestly, good pay scale, okay? But nobody used their codes. Nobody promoted their shows because they just expect me to do everything. Guess what? I can't do everything. I can do everything, but it would be a lot easier if we all did this together. So don't come at me. And nobody really has just one person. Listen, person, you're a very popular person. Get off your ass. Get some sponsors for the show. Answer your phone when I call you, which I do all the time. 
We want to talk about this. Let's talk about how to promote this show. Let's get new episodes. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's not be being a pain in the ass, okay? If you think that's me being a pain in the ass, then fuck you. Go away. I don't need you. I don't want you. You're not needed. Again, you're wanted. You are not needed. If you think I'm bugging you, because I'm trying to tell your fucking life story, because I'm trying to give you as much exposure as I can and give you another stream of income, give you another uh, addition to your brand, but I'm bugging you and you can't answer your phone. And this isn't everybody, okay? Trust me, this is a very small portion of people, but this very small portion of people is starting to piss me off. I don't need you. I like having you a part of it. Yes, it's fun. I, I like going on adventures. It's fun. I like telling your story. It's fun, but you're not needed. I would rather take these awesome homegrown talents that we have, like Chantal Danga, uh, Leah Sparkle, uh, I mean, Gigi, uh, Ricky, Eddie, Garrett. Uh, and if I'm leaving you out, I'm sorry. But I'd, I would rather take these types of people and cultivate them into household names. I would really rather do that. And here's the thing. Nobody's busier than I am. Do you understand me? Nobody is busier than I am. You may think you are, but you're not. And I still have the time to make the calls. I still have the time to answer the calls, answer the emails and messages. I don't miss any of that stuff. And I'm a one-man show for a side TV. Trust me, I do all the admin. I do all the customer service. I do everything that this machine needs to be oiled and run. Not bragging. I'm really not. I'm just explaining. I've been to your houses. I've seen your lives. I know that you sit around for, you know, 15 minutes and do your social media. Take five minutes a week is all I've ever asked for. Answer your damn phone. Let's strategize. Let's get new episodes planned. Let's figure out how to promote the ones we have. And then you can make money. How fair is this? Okay, now I get it. I get it. If I was Netflix and I said, hey, so-and-so, let's do a TV show. Here's 10 grand. When we're done, I'll throw you another 50 grand. Boom. I don't know what the real numbers are, but, and I get that. And then the talent shows up and they go, oh, here we go. I did my part. Where's my check? That's great. I would love to get to that point. I really would, but I'm not there yet. Asai TV is not there yet. We're the mom and pop shop of streaming television, people. So what I say, let's do a show. I'll do it on my own dime. I'll do it on my own, my, my own travel. I'll take the time away from my kid. I'll take the time away from my cat. I'll do all this on my own dime. The flights, the hotels, the travel, the rent-a-cars, everything that, in, I mean, just to film the Stephen Piercy documentary that we did, we spent between me and Heather uh, thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars. Did we make that back? No. We didn't. And Steven's been great. Christy's been great. I, I love those people. It's time for them to take it and put it on DVD and put it wherever they want to stick it. Um, that's fine by me. We've, you know, we've done okay. Uh, I, I want more. I want part two. I want part three. I want part four. And I call all the time. And I get that you're on tour. I get that you're busy. But come on. Let's do this thing. We're all going to be dead soon. You know what I mean? I don't want to be dead 
I mean, sure, I wouldn't mind being dead with a camera in my hand, but I don't want to be dead with a camera in my hand that's not recording. You know what I'm saying? I, let's, get, let's get this done. And that's not just to, to them. It's to everybody. You have a television show on a network that's available in 200 million homes on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, and Apple TV, not to mention a website, which they can get anywhere in the world. So you have this platform that I have given you, that I've spent countless dollars giving you, and you can't answer the phone? You can't promote it on for free on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever. You can't do that. Like the person that I'm talking about has six episodes and two documentaries that are almost two hours each. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about nine hours of content on a side TV that I filmed myself. I produced myself. I edited and air Guess how many times this person promoted it on, because on, I see everything. I do. I can go back and count again and make sure I'm right. 10 times for eight different projects, six episodes of the show, and then two full length documentaries. Filmed on eight different trips out to where this person lives. And actually other places, too. All over the East Coast, actually. Uh, ten times. And all of that was on Instagram and, like, you know, Twitter. Guess how many sponsors this person, who has sponsors for a bunch of other stuff, how many sponsors he brought to a side TV so he, this person could make money? Zero. And then this person has the freaking gall to get into a little text argument about not making money. Dude, am, am I wrong here? Am I wrong? Do I expect like this whole other, am I trying to change the business or something? Like what? And I understand you're in a business that pays you up front and then, you know, pays you well just because your name well, guess what? Your show is the fifth most watched show on Aside TV. Go there, eat that. The one that I host is number three. I'm a nobody, and more people watch my show than yours. And everyone thinks I'm, do you, do you really think I'm sitting over here getting rich? I live in a two-bedroom apartment, people. It took me, what, how long have we been around? Seven years? To buy the company van. <laughs> I'm being serious here, okay? Yes, I have a very good quality of life. I do, mainly because I'm single. Mainly because my kid is only here half time. I wish he was here full time, but he's here half time. My cat, even though she's emotionally needy, she's good. She doesn't, what, 20 bucks a month, you know, and my cat's fine. And that's mainly cat litter. Listen, man, I know any person in my position, and this stems back to when I was a wrestling promoter. Everyone thinks that, you know, I'm the head of the table, so I must be, um, you know, some rich guy who's just out to rip off everybody. Some money-hungry, greedy son of a bitch. And to a point, 
you have to be that to be a successful business person. That's just it. Unfortunately, you have to be a piece of shit asshole to be a successful business person. Maybe that's why I'm not an extremely successful business person at the moment. Because I'm not a greedy son of a bitch. I give as many slices of this pie away as I possibly can. We've been raising money for direct-to-family charities for years. I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I don't need it, okay? I'm just doing what's doing. I'm just doing me. Doing what needs to be done. When I was a wrestling promoter, I started to see all these little factions of people like starting to get together, and then they're talking shit. It always gets back to me. Everything gets back to me. I even walked in on them one time talking shit, and then they shut up. Because even though they don't respect me enough to not talk shit, they respect me enough to know that I'll slap the shit out of them and ruin their freaking day. Which you can't slap the shit out of anybody and kick anyone's ass anymore because it's illegal, I guess. And it's, uh, you know, the pussification of society, but that's another episode. And now, you know, like I said, it hasn't been a problem. It's one person at this point with a side TV. But it's starting to be a problem for me when I have 50 people attached to this network and the only person that's pushing anything is me. And guess what happened when Stephen Piercy went out there and pushed the hell out of this documentary? It became the most successful thing that we've ever had. I mean, it barely paid the bills, and that's great. We need to pay the bills, okay? But, I mean, <laughs> I have 49 other people or something. I don't know what the number. How many, however many people work with the side TV, and some of them are household names if you're a wrestling fan or you know, a fan of different genres. And the household talents like Leah and Eddie and you know, other people like that, they put it out there. But not much. Here's the thing, man. If I had a television show on a network, first thing I would do is I would go out and relentlessly, and I do this now, relentlessly find sponsors for my show and say, here's the ads. Get the ads to my whatever editor, blah, 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 blah. And you give me the money and we work out a deal. 12 months, whatever, you're on there forever. That Whatever it is, I will figure that out. Second thing that I do, I promote that son of a bitch five times a day. Imagine if everybody in a side TV, I'm talking to you. I love you, Garrett, but I'm talking to you. I love you, Eddie, Chantel, uh, Leah, Gigi, everybody. Heath, Mike, Maria, Amy, Ivelisse, Chelsea, when her show comes, I'm talking to all of you. And I, I got a feeling a lot of you would. I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm a bad leader, maybe I'm just a, I, I don't know how to motivate these people to just put out a, a tweet, put out an Instagram post, a Facebook post, once a day, once every other day, it takes, I'll give you what to put, you know, I'll, I'll do all the work for you, all you got to do is hit copy, paste, send, imagine if all of us together formed this amazing and breakable team pushing the network and pushing, pushing, pushing the network. Imagine what we could do, not just for ourselves, not, not, and, and not to mention just pushing the network, but finding sponsors for your shows. All of you are somewhat connected. Every single damn one of you are somewhat connected to some business. You could tell that business, give me a hundred bucks a month and I'll put you on a side TV and you could sponsor our show. 
Imagine that if we all did this together and communicated. That's the topic here. Communicate. Answer your phone. If you can't answer your phone, call back when you're free. You all have free time. If I'm not important enough to have five minutes of your free time once in a while, guess what? Fuck you. Go away. You are not needed. Oh, damn it. I didn't want to get into this like this. I didn't want to yell at you. I really didn't. Man. Anyways, coming up on the hour, uh, not on the hour, but on an hour of recording this at the moment. And it's kind of funny. I just learned how to change it from beats per minute to hour on this program software that I use. So I'm really impressed with myself. I have a van now. <laughs> I do. I have a van. It's sitting out in the parking lot. It's got a bed in the back right now. It's got a water jug back there with an electronic pump. It's got all these little storage bins. It's so cute. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh my God. I love it so much. Anyway, with this van, it's going to eliminate buying airline tickets. Orbitz isn't going to know what to do without me. I've probably had over 100 flights in the last couple of years, and I'm tired of airports. I hate airports. I hate being on an airplane. And the common denominator of both of those is other people, because I usually pretty much hate other people. Hate to say that, but it's true. Uh, a lot of people suck. You suck bad. You're awful. You're terrible, terrible human beings. And it seems to come out like in droves when you're either inside of an airplane or waiting for the airplane in an airport. You're just horrible. I, and I'm not, not all of you. Some of you are very respectful, quiet, generous, res- just awesome people. And I love you. I try to be that myself. But I'm going to give you 10 reasons right now or 10, um, 10 things that people do that make them a complete loser, asshole, airport piece of shit. And then I'll give you four reasons why I'm an airport asshole. See, it's not just a one-way thing here. I'm coming back on myself, a little self-deprivation, but, uh, and also a little advice and secrets that you may uh, want to use in the future <laughs> so you can be an airport asshole like me. Uh, but my stuff is all, it isn't really hurting anybody. It's not annoying anybody. It's not disrupting anybody. It's not bad behavior whatsoever. It's just sneaky shit because I'm a scoundrel. And I enjoy it. But I'll give you the, the fourth reasons I'm an airport asshole after I give you the top 10 reasons that make you an airport asshole. Number one, and these are really in no particular order, okay? Uh, I'll try to end off with like the best one if I can. But uh, number one, being a loud asshole. There's many, re- there's, there, there, there's, there's many ways that you can just be a total piece of shit by simply, and I, here's the thing. I want you to share these information. I want this section of the podcast to get out and go viral. I want everybody in the world to hear this stuff, okay? So make that happen. I might even take this clip and put it over like a YouTube clip or something. You have to, <laughs> you have to spread this, please. And here's the thing. This is all in honor of me not having to deal with airports as much. Yes, like I said, if I go to Baltimore for Ring of Honor, I'll probably get over there in an airplane and back, and I'll hate my life, but um, it is what it is. But thankfully, with this van, airports and airplanes and you people are going to be not a thing of the past, but definitely uh, 
a lot less <laughs> in my life. Ugh, I hate it. Anyways, being loud is uh, number one. Here's the thing, people. These cell phones, they have speakers on them that are pretty loud now. Okay, and I know you just want to watch your YouTube videos and listen to your shitty music in the airport while you're sitting there waiting for the plane. I know you love to do that. And we've all seen like the little ghetto pieces of shit that walk around Walmart with their music, like in their little, they got like little speakers and stuff now. And it, it's, it's the equivalent of like holding up the old boom box back in the 70s and 80s. You people are just trash. You're, you're trash. Nobody wants to hear your shit, okay? And I say that a lot, like when people are thumping their shitty music outside. Like we got these, uh, like these people like a half a block away, actually more like a block away, like the thumping salsa music now. That's what I have to listen to. It sounds like it's in my living room coming from my speakers. That's how fucking loud it is. My windows are rattling. I called the freaking cops on them yesterday. Trash trash and if you ask them to turn it down that's when they play the victim i listen to my music whenever i want to it's only 5 p.m you're trash pass that around too trash anyway turn if you're if you go to the airport first of all i don't know how anyone goes to an airport and in an airplane without headphones i can't be without my headphones i will kill somebody Put your headphones on. I don't care if you want to watch your latest episode of Grey's Anatomy on the plane. Put your fucking headphones on. Idiot. And nobody wants to hear your shitty music. And speakerphones. I like to talk to my mom on speakerphone. I like to FaceTime my mom. But you know what I do? There's these little buttons on a side. One goes up, one goes down. I push the down button for volume. So I can barely hear... And then I talk low because being a singer for so many years, I just talk low when I have to. When I normally talk, I have a pretty low voice like this. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. So um, if you have to be on speaker, don't have that shit blast and we can all hear your conversation and know every aspect about your day and basically your life. Nobody cares. Like I was in um, Vegas airport uh, just a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, and I uh, there's this lady just speaking the new ghetto language that nobody can. It's like mumble rap talk, and she's screaming on the phone. I can't. I literally can't understand what she's saying because she does just bastardized the English language, and that's not a racist thing. If you think it is, if you think that you're stupid, I'm just saying. No, what the fu- I couldn't understand. I I couldn't help but hear her, so I had no choice but to listen. But when I was listening, the word it wasn't a foreign language. It was definitely somewhat English. It just didn't make any sense. It just sounded like mumble rap. Yeah, and she's screaming obscenities. And there's I'm looking around. I can see 15 kids within 100 yards of me. She's screaming obscenities and just I get it. You missed your flight. You did something. Something bad happened. Your bag got lost. I get it. Things happen. Things suck. But then they don't. Get over it. Handle it like a responsible human being, not some ghetto piece of shit. What's wrong with you people? Seriously, what's wrong with these people? I, I don't... 
I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why you're making your shitty day everyone's shitty day. I've gotten off of planes with a connecting flight that were late. And then the other plane left like a couple minutes early for some freaking reason. I didn't even think that was legal. And the door closed right when I walked up. And I was pissed. I was stuck in Charlotte and I just wanted to go home and I'm pissed. Did I yell and scream? No, I called their customer service. I said, look, you guys kind of suck today. That is just someone who wants attention. You're just looking for attention. You want everyone else to know where you're having a shitty day. Look at me, everybody. And then she'll post it on Facebook and hope that people like it and agree with them in the comments. It's exactly what that is. Shut the fuck up. And then if you give her a dirty look, like, what the fuck? Shut up. And she plays the victim. Oh, well, you want to get Everyone plays the victim. You can't just tell people to shut up and make them go, oh, yeah, maybe I'm being loud and obnoxious and cussing in front of kids. No, you want to be the victim because you can't be wrong. Loser, 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 loser. <sighs> okay. This is a no-brainer. Um, fighting and arguing. And basically being annoying. Like... <laughs> On that same trip in, uh, to Vegas, though. No, no, this is from Vegas as well. When we finally get on the plane, there was this like blonde lady who, okay, now, I don't know her situation, but she showed up on a, on a, in a wheelchair, and I was the first one on the plane after her. I'm sorry that you have to be in a wheelchair. I get it. And she was really big, really obese. And here's another thing. Fat shaming, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Call me fat. It's fine. Call me pudgy, whatever. Say I don't fit in this shirt, whatever. Do it because it motivates me to get in shape and healthcare costs and <clears throat> all of that stuff are the main killer uh, of, of wallets. And then healthcare is like heart disease and diabetes and all this shit is the main killer of humans. So um, yeah, fat shame everybody. And uh, I should fat shame this fat lady. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, great. Do it. Do it. I'm serious. I'm out of shape. I'm still trying to lose weight. I got another 25 pounds to lose. Fat shame me. Call me a piece of shit. I know some people can't handle it because their thin is, their skin is so thin. Oh, why, why did he call me fat? Because you're fat. Okay? And I understand. There's reasons that people are fat that, you know, DNA, I mean, it could be, it's in your system to be fat. I get it, okay? But try, all right? And here's the thing. I would never, ever, call anybody fat like that. Oh, you fat bitch. I would never do that. Mainly because I'm fat. But um, what, what else can we do? You know? There are medical reasons why people are fat. I'm not talking about those people. There are, you know, thyroid problems and there's all kinds of stuff that make you fat and they put you on a medication. Next thing you know, you gain 100 pounds. Been there. But, um, excuse me, um, man, I tasted like that Taco Bell uh, crunch wrap. Speaking of being fat, asshole, I'm talking to myself. Uh, anyway, um, this lady in a wheelchair, and then halfway down the ramp, she's like, I'm good, and then gets up, grabs a heavy backpack and a, and a roller luggage, and walks like nothing was wrong at all. And me, I looked at the guy that was actually pushing the chair for her. We kind of looked at each other like, 
okay, none of our business, whatever, cool, line's moving faster now, whatever. She gets in the plane, and she took, she's just sitting there blocking the whole plane entrance. You can't get by this woman. Even if she was skinny, it's a plane. You can't walk by people. And she's just talking to the flight attendant. Where's my seat? I am in, I remember plainly, I am in 3C. Like, well, you're right here where it says 3C, you dumbass. Have you never been on a plane before? No? Okay. Well, either way, number, letter, it's pretty simple. Okay. Here's my bag. And he hands her bag. I'm not making this shit up. I'm right behind her. She hands her bag to the stewardess to to put up in the, the gate. I'm like, okay, well, maybe she's got back problems. Maybe, you know, but just the way she said it, here's my bag. That's all she said. Here's my bag. And the flight attendant's looking like, okay. And then the, when you sit in the first three rows of seats, your bags actually go back a couple rows because you need those, that area up there for flight attendant stuff and all that. She's like, where are you taking my bag? It's like, I have to put it here. And the flight attendant's explaining this. Like, no, that's like, you know, our stuff, like our plane stuff is up here. And then you also have two rows in front of you. So they need the seat how am I supposed to get my bag? And she's like having this conversation while we're all lining up behind her. Like the fucking world revolved around her. She finally sits down and goes, I thought I had a window seat. (laughs) Ma'am. And the flight attendant's like, ma'am, you are in 3C. You are in the aisle seat. That's just, well, what am I going to do when someone has to sit, like when someone has to get in? You get up and you move. You obviously have no problem doing so. I'm, I'm blown away at this point and I have my headphones on, but I'm like kind of put one ear off so I can listen to this debacle. And then she's sitting there just like looking around, like looking at everyone, just snarling at everyone. Like we're not supposed to be on her plane or we're not on, on her level. And I'm sitting in like four, uh, a, which is a window seat. And I'm just watching her just like, God, this person is a horrible, horrible. And this is what I mean by being annoying. Don't be that person. And then she asked for like 10 different things. She had all these questions that a 10-year-old would know. And then she's, oh, oh, and she's like, uh, I need a water. Bitch, buy a water at the freaking thing and at the store in the airport. Bring a, a cooler or whatever, you know, a little tumbler or whatever. Bring a, buy a bottle of water. I need a bottle of water. Just, just the way she said it. Not please. Not, excuse me, ma'am. And this flight attendant was just like this blonde lady. She was so sweet and so nice. Had this kind little smile. And I felt so bad for her. And even she was just like kind of bowing up like, hey, look, we will take care of you when we take care of everybody else. And that's exactly what she said. We'll take care of you whenever, you know, the services, whatever available. <coughs> Speaking of water, I need something. In a, I got a dry throat sitting here talking for an hour and a half. But don't be her. Now, the only other, um, no, on every flight, there's people that annoy me, especially with the mask mandate. Like, listen, people. And I'm going to add that to the list right in this category. This will be a part of this category. Listen, none of us want to wear masks at the airport. We don't want to wear masks for hours at a time. Like, seriously, between the airport and the airplane and the flight and then the other airport, you got to wear a mask sometimes for six hours, seven hours, eight hours more. No, but none of us want to do it but we do it because we're asked to do it. It's not that difficult. And you got grown men and women who just straight up refuse to do it and have to be told 10 times. Like my last uh, flight as well, um, 
<laughs> it's just this guy, mask completely off on the plane, talking as loud as he possibly can to the person who's exactly one inch to his left. And I could see his stupid, dumb face right in front of me and hear his voice over my headphones. That is this the worst person. He might as well lit up a cigarette and started blasting rap music right there just to make him the most hated person in the world, in my opinion. And the flight attendant is just like, and this is a different flight. This is a couple weeks before the other one, but the flight attendant's just like, sir, can you please put your mask on? Oh, and then he put it on and it'd be like around his chin. Sir, can you please cover your mouth and nose? I don't want to have to ask you again. I think that's what she said because her face kind of told that story. I had my headphones on, so... And I always crank them to the highest volume. App and iPhone, listen, I got my headphones on. I got it cranked all the way up, and it's suitable for my ears, okay? It's not too loud because I got, like, whatever in the headphones that filter that stuff. But you know what really is loud? That little prompt that comes up, brink, that says turn your music down. Volume should be blah, 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 blah. That is louder than my music. That almost deafens me every time that comes up. So can you knock that shit off, Apple, please? Anyway, um, I had another flight. Uh, this one was to Detroit, actually, to go see my mom. It was just me. And I'm in the very back row, which is weird for me, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, and there was this uh, dude next to me, black dude. That doesn't matter what color his skin is, but he was just, I'm trying to give you a visual image here, dressed like like a dime store rapper, like like literally just pants sagging down just the stupidest looking person you could possibly muster up on like if you were to draw a picture of a stupid person like like i said don't give a shit what color the skin is there's people like this of all colors of the rainbow and they're all equally stupid but just pants hanging down like you know uh uh, his phone like like i was saying earlier his phone is like playing shitty music i'm just kind of looking i said hey man i literally looked at him and said hey man Come on, like put some headphones in. And he actually did, thankfully. But then like about 20 minutes into the flight, we're in the air. I remember like I leaned, I was kind of leaning forward a little bit and I kind of leaned back to stretch my back up and I accidentally bumped him. And the motherfucker elbows me in my elbow. And I took my headphones off. I said, do, is, do we have an issue here? Goes, you bumped into me. I went, dude. I'm on a fucking airplane. I'm two inches away from you. I just nudged you barely. And then you throw an elbow at me. Do that shit again. What you going to do? I said, wait till we get in Detroit. I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. So I'll follow you out of the fucking airport. I don't give a shit. And then at this point, the flight attendant's like kind of going, sir, sir, like that. And like, I'm the asshole. And then um, I actually kind of, like I never sleep on planes, but I remember I put my head on the seat in front of me, which is also kind of an asshole thing to do, but I do it really gently. I put my arm up, so I'm not like really applying any pressure. I'm just leaning on my arm. And then um, he uh, went to the bathroom or something, and that woke, kind of woke me. I must have been sleeping for like two minutes. And he went up, got, went to the bathroom, because the seat was empty next to me. I'm like, cool. You know, smelled like weed. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But it comes back. And the smell of weed comes back. And then when he does it, he sits down real hard and just his elbow drives right into my bicep. I'm like, and I take my headphone off again. I said, dude, you're going to have a bad fucking day in Detroit. He goes, and he does a stupid little cocky smile. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm twice this motherfucker's size. 
which means nothing. I get it. You know, I've been in combat sports long enough to understand that a, a small good guy can knock the shit out of a big good guy any day. I get that, but I would twist this guy into a pretzel. I know for a fact I could. I was ready to right there in the plane, but I don't want that kind of heat, okay? <laughs> I don't want that kind of drama in my life. Anyway, um, it's uh, it, it was just the, the worst. So don't be that guy. Don't be that lady. And, uh, oh, my God, I'm only on number two. And don't fight and argue. We see the videos all the time of people screaming at each other and throwing, throwing fists on an airplane. Are you stupid? And that kind of leads into number three. Getting drunk on an airplane. Oh, I got a phone call from my landlord. Hang on. What's up, Mark? You're on the Brandon Bishop podcast. What's happening? Oh, I'm having a Monday. Um, I got a plumber rolling in about noonish. Okay. Check my water leak downstairs. Two, two units, <laughs> two units below you. You know, you're literally so, on my radio show, right? Oh, cool. Right. That sounds great. Tell people what a great person I am. Go ahead. He's fantastic. <laughs> he is a great cook. He does. He can. He can cook things most chefs can't. He is oh, awesome. Yeah. I do cook for you all the time because uh, you help me out with a lot of stuff. So I'm very grateful. For, I actually mentioned you on this podcast earlier talking about the van build and everything. So, um, yeah, cool. I'm glad you enjoy my food. But uh, So you want me to turn the dishwasher on or something or the water? or About noon. About noon? All right. Yeah. I will do that. Okay. This I thank you very much, sir. No problem. This is groundbreaking radio here, man. Yep. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Mike. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. All right. So number three, that was Mark. He's my maintenance guy here at the apartment. He's the only cool guy, like I said, in this whole building. Um, good dude. Anyway, uh, getting drunk at the airport or on the airplane. If you can't do a two to three to four hour flight without getting piss drunk. Now, I understand you may be nervous. Maybe you never flown before. You're like, okay, just give me a shot of something. It'll help me relax. I understand that entirely. But if you can't, even if even on a flight to Vegas, my flight to Vegas was, what was it? I, I had to get up at five. I, I left at like eight o'clock in the morning. We flew out and I think I landed around the same time because uh, of time changes. And the people in front of me, directly sitting in front of me, in that time ordered three shots, the little bottles, three shots of whatever the hell they ordered. You could smell it. It stunk. Smell like a bar in there. And they persistently, consistently got louder and louder and louder and drunk. If you can't go a few hours on an airplane without getting pissed drunk, then you have a lot of problems. That is alcoholic stuff right there. Like what? And then you get off the plane and then you're now what? You're drunk. Even if you're in Vegas, you're just drunk now. That, that's like straight up loser behavior. So like literally people, come on. And then that also, you know, that's how fights and everything start. Not to mention you're at the airport and there's bars all over you every airport. For some reason, I don't think there should be personally, but it's not my choice. Um, so you know they were drinking at the bar. Then they're going to get more drinks on the plane. Keep in mind it's 9 o'clock in the morning or earlier. And then you get off the plane and you're pissed. Give me a break, people. Knock that shit off. All right, number four. 
Oh, okay. This is just a little gripe that I have. Sometimes it's understandable. If you got a ton of baggage with you, like say you got a suitcase and another suitcase and you're holding a kid in your arms and you got their stroller. I get it. If you have small kids and whatever, I I get it. Okay. I understand. But these escalators, you know, they're there for a reason. And normally I would love to take the stairs, but you can't always take the stairs. Sometimes there's no freaking stairs. And I don't like taking elevators. I like to walk and I like to get my steps in when I'm at the airport. But if you're on the escalator, especially going down to the train that takes you to all the gates, if you have that in your airport, or, you know, if you're going just anywhere, you're not in an airport to hang out. There are people that need to make their connecting flights. There are people that need to just make their gate on time, which by the way, you should always leave early like I do. And I'll get to that later. But there's people that in a hurry in airports. Okay. It's a form of transportation. It's not, it's, it's not a social club. When you're on the escorts, escorts, if you're on the escalator, do the world a favor, walk down the fucking escalator. And it goes for those little like speed lanes too, like that help you walk faster through the gates. If you can't walk for some reason, you're elderly, you're crippled, you're whatever, then move off to the side. Let other people walk down. I know the escalators are a little thin, whatever, but there's still enough room. Like I said, though, if you got like 10 backpacks on and six kids with you, I understand. I will sit there and go, and that's about it. But if you're just standing there with one backpack on and you're healthy and you're just standing on the escalator, you're being lazy and you're holding up traffic, move your ass next. Okay. Um, oh, this one. Ooh, this one just pisses me off. Number five, rushing to the front of the plane once you've landed. The flight has landed. You're at the gate. They're opening the door. And you're in seat 23B. And then next thing you know, you grab your bag and you start pushing your way up front. No, 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 no. Okay? No. Especially if I'm in 21C. You know what I do? (laughs) If I have an aisle seat, which I usually like to get. Man, my throat is going dry. I'm going to have to go get my coffee. I'm dying over here. But what I do is I obstruct. I do. I don't know why. I don't care if you have a connecting flight. You're not pushing your way up in front of all these other people. First of all, it's kind of dangerous because everyone's getting up at the same time and kind of funneling out and bottlenecking in the same direction. And you're sitting here going, I'm more important than all of you. And then you're just pushing your way up to the front. That's not going to happen if I'm on the plane, if I'm ahead of you. And if I can't, if I got a window seat and I can't go obstruct the aisle, I do my best to, <laughs> to kind of push everybody out of my way a little bit. Not, you know, not physically, but just with body language. Like, okay, go and block the aisle, block the aisle, block the aisle. I hate you people like that come up five or six rows. And you know what? You, don't, you only save maybe a 30 seconds of time. And I understand. If you got a connecting flight, I got to go. I got to go. I've been there. But guess what? Sometimes you miss your connecting flight. Don't be dangerous. Don't be rude. Don't be disrespectful. Douchebag. Anyway, number six, eating smelly food on an airplane. Okay, it could be basically any food. I say this one because I had a flight to Atlanta at one point, and I sat next to this just old lady. She seemed nice. I was actually happy because she was small, and she had this little bag with her. And when she, like halfway through the flight, she reaches down under the seat, grabs her bag, opens up this Tupperware 
and it was the stinkiest, like it was fishy, just the worst fishy smell. And I'm like, oh, and I look at her and I look down at her plate and I look back at her and she didn't even like nudge. She didn't look at me. She just straight looked at her food, which I can almost respect. But I just, was just like, really? That is what you bring on an airplane to eat halfway through the flight, a sold out flight. And I could see other people kind of looking around like, what the, what is that smell? And it's this old lady's food right next to me. And she she didn't say anything to me the whole flight. I didn't say anything to her. It was just the rudest, stupidest thing you could possibly do. So screw that old lady. Uh, Yeah, don't do that. Even if it's something they sell at the airport. Now, I, I understand. I understand if you have a connecting flight and you bought some food and you really didn't have time to eat it and you're physically starving and you're just like, oh, and it's a long flight. I get it. Bring some food on. Take a bite, whatever. But don't bring you know, tilapia a la garlic on the freaking plane. That's all I'm, that's all I'm getting at here. Number seven. All right. Cigarettes and weed. Do, do, do smokers realize that when you smoke these stupid little things and when you smoke your shitty weed, that you smell like that garbage for pretty much as long as you're wearing the clothes that day. Did you, do you stupid people realize that, that you st- Dink, or you're so used to it now that who cares? Or you just don't give a shit about anybody else. There's there's a lot of different uh, scenarios there that could be. I hate like that piece of shit that was you know fighting me over the armrest. Um, that guy reeked of weed the whole time. This stunk. You smell like a skunk. Is that really what you want to smell like? You. It's not cool. It doesn't make you like, no one wants to be you. Like you're just a sick, gross, smelly person. And cigarettes are just as, I'll say worse. Nobody wants to sit next to an ashtray, especially non-smokers. Now I understand you're on a flight. You've been flying all day. You can't smoke in the airports. There's, I understand. You just, you, you got to go out and smoke out front and just get your little crutch in so you can, <laughs> I need my little cancer. <laughs> I get it, okay? You're weak and you need that. I understand. But don't do it in the front of the goddamn airport, right under a sign that says no smoking within 50 feet. Are you stupid? Do you not know how to read? I call people out on that shit. I do every single day. What are you going to do? Fight me at an airport? Please. I do it all the time. We got back. uh, I was with my kid one time. In Detroit again, and we were waiting for uh, my mom and her husband Ron to pick us up from the airport. It was like one o'clock in the morning, crazy late, and we're sitting there at a picnic table where the people get picked up. And these fat women come in, and there's like four of them or three of them, and they have a little kid with them. All three of them are smoking within three feet of this poor little kid. First of all, that should be considered child abuse, and these women should be thrown in jail or heavily fined, in my opinion. Don't make me a lawmaker because smokers will not vote for my ass. I'll tell you that. So I, and the, the, the worst part of it is it's right in front of the airport entrance doors, the sliding doors. And there's a giant sign that says no smoking within however many feet. This is not a smoking section. Okay. And these fat pieces of shit and their poor, innocent little kid are just standing there. Just smoke. Like the cloud is just huge. Huge. 
So I say, hey, there's a sign right there that says no smoking. Can you please go do that somewhere else? So me and my kid and even your kid don't have to smell it. And immediately, these fat white women, (laughs) the victim. Oh, and I don't like the term Karen because I know some good Karens, but they turned into them like the embodiment of that new insult, whatever. They turned Brandon into an insult now, too. I don't even know what that's about, but it's annoying. And only stupid people really use it. So I'm stupid for saying Karen, but it gets the point across at this point. Um, Yeah, they went into full victim mode. You can't talk to us like that. You don't tell us where we can smoke. And I was like, what? I said, I'm pointing at the sign. I said, look, there's a no smoking sign right there behind you. It's huge, kind of like you. Can you please not smoke around myself and my son who were here first and maybe think about your little girl right there too? They went off. As soon as my husband gets here, I'm like, oh my God, don't get your husband killed. Why are you bringing him into this? And he's probably just as big a piece of trash as they were. Anyway. So yeah, smokers... Like, take, just don't bring that smoke smell on your clothes into an airplane and don't smoke out in front of the entrances because uh, that makes you a big piece of shit. That goes for weed, too. I hate weed. I just fucking hate the smell of it. I hate cigarettes. I don't even like cigars, even though they smell good. I don't even like vaping, okay, to be honest with you. If you're quitting smoking by vaping, I could hug you. I could kiss you on the lips. You're a strong person. You're amazing. Thank you. But I still don't want like someone blowing. Like I was filming something on a stage one time, and some douchebag, like literally fifteen times, and it actually smelled kind of good. It was like this cherry smell, like a fruity pebbles or something. But it just—I knew it came out of his lungs, so it kind of grossed me out a little bit. <clears throat> and um, it just kept blowing it in my face, blowing it in my face, blowing it in my face. So I grabbed his little pin and threw it in the crowd. <laughs> and he kind of bowed up to me, but I just started filming him. And I'm like, just—I don't know. I'm just—I have those kind of impulses sometimes. Okay, number eight. Now, here's the thing. I don't like spending a lot of money. I'm not going to fly first class on a two- or three-hour flight, and most of my flights are two or three hours because I live in Colorado. We're kind of central to everywhere. So I, I, I get on the Delta flights and the United flights and the American Airlines, even Spirit, even Frontier, whatever's cheapest. Just get me to my location. I'll suffer for two hours, and I'll be fine. But... <laughs> My suffering is enough if I'm on Spirit Airlines, okay? I don't even know if Spirit, if their seats even do this. But you only get so much space and economy, okay? I'm not going to fly a business. I'm not going first class. There's just no reason for it. And most of these planes don't even have that anyway. So you only get like this little bit of space, which I'm six foot one, 254 pounds. I need all the space that I can get. Excuse me. Well, I'm a disgusting pig right now. Okay. Um, do not... On these kinds of flights. Now, if you got the the first class, business class, whatever, and they, they you know they fold flat, and you have a bed, and you have your own little TV and everything, do whatever the hell you want. Doesn't matter. You pay to do it. You're not bothering anybody. Do it. But if you're in these economy seats, and you put your seat back and recline it, and you take that little two inches of extra space that I had, you are going to have a bad flight because I'm going to kick the shit out of your chair the whole time. 
not like crazy toddler kicking your seat, but just kind of nudging, bumping, nudging, bumping. And a lot of times when I see a chair coming back, I'll put my knee up so they can't go back anymore. (laughs) Maybe I'm the asshole there because, yeah, sure, you have every right to do so. You bought the seat. You can recline it if it reclines that little two inches. Fine. I get it. You have your rights. But it doesn't mean it's respectful. It's very disrespectful. And if I can, like I said, I'll put my knee up and they'll try to recline and it won't go anywhere. <laughs> then they'll kind of look around like, ah, guy, I want my extra two inches that you can't have anymore. Ah. Fuck you people. Seriously, don't recline your seats in economy. That's just a dick, dick move. And I'll even like go, hey, can you not? <laughs> okay, and that is going to lead me to number nine. Uh, which is kind of in the same thing, kicking seats. My last flight back from Vegas again. I've not had good flights (laughs) the last few flights. Uh, There was a fully grown lady behind me, and she seemed like a nice lady. And I was so happy because she was a small, like, I don't know, maybe not lady, like maybe 30 years old, whatever, lady, whatever. And she seemed like a nice lady. I'm like, oh, cool, there's not a kid behind me. That's all I care about. But for some reason, her and the guy that she was sitting with were talking so loud for the entire flight and I gave him one of those like over the shoulders, like, God, will you shut the fuck up type looks? And they made me pay for it because that whole time, I swear she was playing drums on the fold out tray, just the whole time, just kicking and punching. And I turned around and said, Hey, can you stop kicking the seat, please? Okay. It's been like an hour. Stop kicking the seat. I'm not asking. I said this to her and her guy was just like, Hoo-hoo. I said, don't, don't. Don't say anything. We're on a plane. You don't want any trouble on a plane. I don't want any trouble on a plane. Just stop kicking my damn seat. And I turned back around, put my headphones back on. Sure enough, for the rest of the seat, for the rest of the the flight, still pounding on a seat. So I leaned forward to where my back wasn't even touching me, leaned on the front seat a little bit, which there was nobody there, so it's okay. And uh, I didn't have to deal with it. But when I got off, I I did something stupid, which I should not do. I just stared at him, said, anything? You want to say anything? Didn't say a damn word. Probably because I'm a lot smaller when I'm sitting down in front of you than I am when I'm standing up in your face. And this guy was not very physically impressive whatsoever. Uh, And neither was his ugly wife or girlfriend or whoever that was. Just terrible people. Like, who are you? Why would you do that? Like, just why? Why would you do that? There's just no reason. Is that really how you occupied your time in the air? Like, look out the fucking window. We had window seats. Look out the fucking window. Look at those beautiful mountains. Spend your life in a better way. Okay? I didn't, re- I didn't recline my seat. I, didn't, I would never do that. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I just gave them the shut the fuck up look, and that is it. So, you know, shut the fuck up. You won't get the look. And finally, uh, number 10. Oh, yeah, this. This also happened on the same Vegas flight. I, this is unbelievable. Like I'm looking back on this flight like it may have been one of the worst I've ever had. So I carry all my camera equipment and lighting and my drone and sometimes all my clothes in one backpack. Okay, I, I hate traveling with multiple bags. Uh, on this trip, I did have to check a bag because I was there in Vegas for several days and I just didn't have enough space in there for five days worth of clothes. Anyway. Um, I put my bag in the overhead and then I put my, um, no, I didn't. That's right. I didn't have this. Anyways, I put my bag in the overhead and I always put my bag in the overhead where I can see it on the opposite side of where I'm sitting so I can watch. And I was watching 
And sure enough, you know, the, the whole bin's full. And I, inside that bag, I have about $10,000 worth of camera stuff. Just about. Maybe closer to eight, but whatever. 10000 sounds better. So I'm watching my bag because if anybody touches it or if anybody starts cramming their bag next to it, I'm going to tear their head off. So the, the bin is full. That whole bin right there is full. Like the, the, the door's still open. But then comes this douchebag who's sitting in like one of the rows in front of me. And I'm in like the fifth row or fourth row, whatever it was. And he takes my bag out or starts to take my bag out and like put it on a seat there so he could put his bag in there. And then like, what the fuck was he expecting to do? I said, dude, get your fucking hands off that bag. If you touch that bag again, you're not going to have fingers. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking of. But I did tell him not to touch that bag. And um, he goes, oh, I was just trying to you know, get my bag in here. I'm like, no. Go somewhere else and put your other bag. I, I stand up. There's nobody next to me. I closed the bin right in front of him. I was hoping to catch his fingers in there, to be honest. And then he <laughs> went off into the back, and then he had to climb back through to you know, get, to his, get to his seat. I didn't give a shit, man. If you fuck up my camera equipment because you're a disrespectful asshole, don't touch other people's bags. That's the rule. Don't touch other people's shit. Don't cram your bags into the overhead. Don't do that. You don't know what's in that bag. I have a $5,000 camera system sitting in that bag. So I'm very protective of my shit. And that's about it. So anyways, that's the top 10 things that make you an airport asshole. Now here's the top four reasons that I personally am an airport asshole. And all of this is in memory of constantly being in airports and on airplanes because I don't have to anymore because I have an awesome van outside and I'm super happy about that. First reason I'm an airport asshole. I show up, and this is an asshole to myself. I show up to airports because I'm always afraid. I had a shitty car, so I was always afraid my car was going to get a flat or break down or something on the way to the airport, or I get pulled over, or something always seems to you know possibly go wrong. And I'll, man, should I tell you people this story? I'm going to tell you next week about what happened to me in the airport, or did I tell you last week? I, I don't know. I. Uh, Anyways, I got in a lot of trouble. I don't think I told you guys. I'll do it next week. Okay. It'll be a cliffhanger for you. Anyways, um, I, get up to, I get to airports sometimes two, three, four, five hours early just because I want to make sure I get there. Every flight that I take is really important to my business, so I don't want anything to screw it up, and that's why I get there so damn early. And also, by getting there early, I'm usually the first person to get to the gate. Once the gate person gets there, usually in 40 minutes before the flight, sometimes 15 minutes if they're nice and shitty at their job or understaffed. I, um, <laughs> this is a major asshole thing that I do, but it works every time because they're not really allowed to ask any questions. I go to the people at the gate and I say, look, I need to pre-board and I didn't want you to, I always joke around and go, look, I need to pre-board. I needed to tell you guys, and I didn't want to get jumped and beat up if I, you know, got on with the pre-boards. They're like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Just when we call for pre-boards, I said, you'll remember my face? They're like, yeah, 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 we got you. And then I go, also, I really need to get something closer to the front of the plane. Um, it's just easier for me to, you know, get in and get out without being in the back of the plane. And 90% of the time, I shouldn't tell you this because now everyone's going to do it that's listening, but... Um, hopefully it doesn't affect me and my scoundrelness. Uh, 
like literally, they always, almost always give me a seat towards the front of the plane, and then I usually get to choose window, whatever it is, for free upgrade. So I get on first, which means I have overhead bins completely available to me, so I don't have to worry about that and running out of space or you know, have to go all the way to the back of the plane and put my bag and then come all the way up to the front to sit, and then when you land, you got to go all the way back there and fight traffic or go out last. It's just convenience, and I think it's smart. Um, they're not allowed to ask why you need to pre-board, so you just tell them, I need to pre-board, and then they let you pre-board. Simple as that. You get on first, you get in that zone one, and a lot of times they don't even question your bags if, you, if you're in zone one and you get on pre-board. You just get on, so I don't ever order extra bags um, unless I have to check one, which I rarely ever have to do. And now I rarely ever, ever have to do because I got a van. Anyway, um, <laughs> in the airport, listen, I don't like being in public bathrooms at an airport. I hate them. They're disgusting. They stink. If you got to take a dump and, you, and your only option is the men's room at the airport, which has 55 people shitting next to you and the seats are covered in shit and it's just terrible. <coughs> um, <laughs> I use the family bathroom. I look around, I go in, I knock, if it's open, I look around, I go in as fast as I can and I have this room. I have my own quiet room where I could take my mask off, put my backpack down, take a dump in private. I can get butt naked in there. I could jerk off. I could do whatever I want in this little square. It's mine. Some of them even have like a bed in there. Like I know the bed is for like, you know, handicapped people like being washed and stuff and baby stuff, whatever. But I'm just saying it's like, it's like a paradise compared to the other bathrooms. I only use the family bathrooms. I'm an asshole. Yes, it's whatever, but it's um, it's just what I do. <laughs> and the other asshole thing that I do is um, it's for me because uh, I'm an asshole to myself. Every time I go to the airport, I get these. I can't remember what they're called, but they're like cashew pomegranate, like a little bag of nuts at the little stores, at the little shops that they have. I get one every single time. And they're like $8.99. Even when I was on my strict diet a couple weeks ago, I still got one and ate like half of it. And I, I did, they're addictive. And it's kind of a tradition for airports. So thankfully, without airports as much in my life now, I won't be eating as much of those. And so that, that is a couple of lists. What makes you an asshole at the airport, in my opinion, and why I think I'm an asshole at the airport Oh, man, we got through it. Now let's get through this mail because, holy crap, we're pushing. Really? Two hours? Really? I've gone two hours. Nobody's listening to this at this point. And if you are, you have nothing else to do today. And I'm grateful that you didn't. Should I even do mail? I, let's just go through it quick. And these are like leftover questions. I didn't ask for questions. So, yeah, let's just get through it. What is your favorite snack? <laughs> Somebody really wants to know what my favorite snack is like. It's going to change your life or something. Lately, it's been um, dried apricots and pitted dates. They make you poop. That's all I'm going to say. And they're delicious. Um, what is your favorite beer? There's a uh, Reggie asked that question. The first question was asked by Alton. Um, uh, there's a German beer called Wine oh, Weinstifer. Weinstifer. It's like I got it at a restaurant here called Idelweiss, and I fell in love with it. Then I found it like out there in 
beer stores and stuff, which I rarely visit, but it's really good, dude. I it's I don't even like beer that much, but I love this beer, especially when it's like really cold and in a cold mug. Oh my, it's just it goes with everything, especially German food. Uh, Ian wants to know CM Punk came back to AEW. What are your thoughts? Well, he came to AEW. He never was in AEW before because when he wrestled before, there was no AEW. Uh, it's been cool. AEW is making all the right moves, and WWE is making outside of like Roman Reigns and a few little things, making all the wrong moves. Like WWE, especially NXT. Like NXT used to be the rock and roll rebel, like hard hitting, awesome matches. NXT was everything. It was my favorite wrestling show. Now it's like a ghetto hip hop, greenhorn, trash. Like the Holy Festival threw up all over it. It just it's terrible. I hate it. I, I can't watch it. And it pretty much goes for most of WWE at this point. And I grew up with the WWE banner waving it proudly uh, since 1984. Okay. I loved the WWE. It was everything to me at several points in my life. It was always the thing that was there. And it's being taken away from me. So <clears throat> I'm not, I'm also not an AEW fan either. Um, I'm not, I, the, I loved Brian Danielson. I, he's my favorite wrestler, so he's there now. CM Punk is doing all the right stuff, starting him off slowly, letting him build up through the ranks, you know, get some other guys over on the way. They're doing all the right stuff, man, and um, I'm still not a fan. I don't like Young Bucks and stuff like that. I don't care about Kenny Omega so much. I, I, it's just not my game. You know, everyone has their team. Everyone has their stuff, but I have no team right now. You know what? I, my team's going to be Ring of Honor now because they're just – <laughs> and even they might be going away. So, you know, I've been to a couple impact shows. They're doing good stuff. They got a lot of great people working for them. So maybe I'll be an impact guy. Maybe I'll just stop watching wrestling, period. I'm just tired. I'm, I like WWE took the heart out of me, took the wind out of my sails as far as being a fan, uh, especially when they destroyed NXT and turned it into a hip hop freaking show full of dudes and girls that can't work. So, yeah, I'm, um, Glad CM Punk's finally back. It's just one less thing you got to have conspiracy theories about. Anyway, uh, get anything good in the mail today, Anna? Um, did you send me something, Anna? <laughs> I, that's a weird question. Did I get anything good in the mail today? Uh, lots of van stuff coming. Like I said, I got a fridge coming, a bed coming, uh, rain guards, uh, window blackouts. I got all kinds of stuff coming from uh, Amazon and various sources. I just got my water pump. Uh, there's always something coming in the mail, but I, I don't know. Like, that's a creepy question, Anna. You're, you're a very creepy person. Um, best sex you've ever had in the last five years from oh, Scott wants to know that. It's, come on, Scott. Like <laughs> Scott wants to know what the best sex I've had in the last five years. Thank you. That would be awesome if it was from like a, a, a female. I don't know. I don't really want to talk to Scott about my sex life. Um, all the sex I ever have is really good because I am fan-fucking-tastic, okay? There you go. Um, how's the crazy bathroom coming along from Pam? It's it's slowed down a little bit. I stopped spending money on frivolous things now that I got the van to build out. And, then, you know, network stuff has been uh, expensive lately. So uh, it's there's still signs and silly goofiness all over it. And maybe I'll post something on Facebook page or something about that. Um, what are you cooking today from David? Uh, David, actually right now I just got a whiff of it. I got my slow cooker going. I got some chicken that I get it. The frozen chicken at Target, I think it's the good and gather brand. Is that, is that right? Or is that Walmart? I don't, 
what's like the main brand, like the name brand of stuff at Target? It used to be Archer Farms, but I don't know what it is now. <clears throat> Anyways, I don't know why I'm asking you now like you can answer me. Um, yeah, this is very recorded. Now, their frozen chicken is great. So I put that in a slow cooker with some carrots and onions and uh, bell peppers, onion soup mix, Kerrygold butter. Uh, I didn't have any potatoes. I forgot to buy potatoes because I've been on this low-carb thing. But um, And a little bit of uh, chicken broth and a little bit of water. And you just put it in a slow cooker for like six to seven hours, not even that long if sometimes. And you just leave it there. It's like a Mississippi pot roast but with chicken breast. And then you kind of piece apart the chicken. Oh, my God. It's so good. You can put it on tacos. You can just eat it straight out of the bowl. doesn't matter. It's the best thing in the world. And I think I'm going to stop there. (laughs) Because I didn't want to do a two-hour podcast today. I had no idea, no idea that I was getting into the two-hour mark. So uh, thank you for spending an hour and 52 minutes with me. And I guess we'll see you next week or whenever the hell I feel like doing one of these again. Because... Like I said, I'm going to be on the road, building a van out. I'm filming the uh, the Asai TV Life YouTube show, which is on the ASY TV YouTube page. Go check that out. Get Asai TV now. Roku, Amazon Fire, uh, Apple TV, AsaiTV.com, 5 bucks a month, 17 cents a day. Just get the damn thing. And, um, yeah, love you guys. Thanks for sticking with me. And don't be an asshole at the airport. Bye.